I know this might be TMI, but girl, let me tell you. Please don't. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip as we get into the cure for oversharing. I'll see you then. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a a conversation that made you uncomfortable because of how intimate it was or how deep someone was talking to you? Or maybe have you been the person wanting to talk to to someone only to find out that they are squirming they don't want to have a deep conversation with you. They don't want to get to know you. And as soon as they can, they find an excuse to get off the phone or to walk away or to pretend like they are in a rush to do something else. Well, if either one of those cases or both of them have happened to you, keep listening. I got you. So today we're going to talk about the cure for oversharing. A lot of people call it TMI, you know, too much information, uh, no filters, boundary issues and the like. And there are some some truths and some deep wisdoms surrounding that. And so I'll talk a little bit with you guys about some of the things that might cause people to do this. But then we'll talk about the everyday person within the regular bell curve and what we can do through wisdom to know when we have stepped right up to that line before we step over it. How about that? All right, so let's get started. So the first thing is, of course, when you have a person who is bleeding all over the place emotionally and mentally um, and even physically, it shows. And it shows because there is a certain amount of uncomfortableness. Uh, One of the lowest uh, or or least diagnosed uh, mental uh, illnesses out there is called borderline personality disorder. And it is not uh, bipolar. A lot of people confuse the two. They are not the same. Whereas bipolars, they have a up and a down. They have a manic side and a depressive side. And um, they can... uh, accelerate and and run hot, if you will, in their emotions. The borderline personality disordered person is a person who feels all emotions intensely to the point of pain and they never can get their emotional needs met whether it be internally or externally. I've done a podcast on this before. Um, And depending on the severity or the scale of it, it can go from a mild annoyance where you're like, this person is just freaking neurotic (laughs) to the sad cases of the suicidal person, persons. And of all of the personality um, deficiencies that we know of right now, as it currently stands in the United States, as well as some other first world countries, it is one of the highest rates of suicide of people who suffer from it. And mainly because it goes undiagnosed for a lot. Uh, there, there are these people, they have these open wounds of emotional need. And it seems like it's never enough. They drain you. Uh, you you're like... 
oh my God, it's like they're sucking my life away. And they can have this hot or cold, like, I, I, I want you, I need you, I want you, come, come, come. And when you do, get away, you're smothering me, leave me alone. And it, it, it can be really hard. So, but as part of a byproduct of this, and I, I hate trying to simplify something so complex uh, because I do not want you to think that just by us talking about that part, that that constitutes every uh, facet of borderline. And like I said, there is a spectrum that people go through. And so I'm not going to be covering the deep ones. You can go back and listen to my other podcasts where um, the name of the podcast is When It Hurts to Feel. And I I try to do as much as I can in that podcast to make people aware of personality, uh, of the borderline personality. Uh, One of the famous, I will say this, one of the famous depictions of it was in the movie Mommy Dearest, where based on how she behaved, she was a raging borderline personality disorder. They can be very, very charming to people who don't know them, but to those who they love and who they want to get their emotional fulfillment from, it can be living with a monster. And one of the things that is indicative of most of the expressions of this personality uh, that we're talking about is a lack of boundaries. And that lack of boundaries is where they overshare, they overstep your boundaries, they don't seem to have a natural inkling uh, socially as to what's going too far and what's not. And then they have, as we as we've just discussed, they have these um, the, these these vacillations between uh, needing to be embraced and feeling smothered. And so it's a come here, go away, come here, go away. And if you're shaking your head and nodding your head, nine times out of 10, you've tried to have a relationship with someone like that, or you know someone like that in your family, or you work with someone like that. And I don't have the actual numbers of how many people are possibly misdiagnosed, um, but I will say it's a large amount of people that don't know that they're on that spectrum. And you just think, I'm dealing with a difficult to love kind of person. (laughs) So with them, they have boundary issues and they require a lot. And thus, they overshare. And not only oversharing what's going on with them, they overshare your stuff too. And that is a lot of times where the problem happens because we're not just talking about telling their business. They're telling your business and everybody else's business and thus they become a pariah where people don't want to be around them. Uh, and, and, and it causes even more emotional um, alienation than they're already feeling. But then there are the other people who have a lack of impulse control. And these people, they, it's, it's not that they have any kind of uh, disorder with regards to their personality. It's just for them. They are, t- well, I shouldn't say that because you can have sociopaths and even, even psychopaths who have this as well. And that lack of impulse control means that what comes up comes out. They just blurt it out. and. And 
they don't seem to have the registered remorse or or self-correction of uh, social niceties and etiquette that you would imagine. And so there's that. There is this... um, (laughs) <laughs> there's this interview where Mark Raffalo and um, the guy who who played uh, Iron Man's um, sidekick, I don't like to call him that, uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. So it was before the um, Infinity War stuff even came out before anybody knew the name of it. They were just conjecturing that it was going to come out and they were interviewing them after they had finished the, the Marvel movie prior to that. And Mark Ruffalo is sitting there and he is just talking and sharing. And Don Cheadle is looking at him like, dude, like, you know, shut up. And then Mark looks at him and says, what did I share too much? You know, I have a lack of, of impulse control. And in that moment, I totally believed it. He said, you know, and he even kind of like intimated that that's why they only allowed me to do this interview. If you were sitting here, like it was, it was Don's fault for letting him talk too much about the spoils. And I was just shaking my head. It was funny, but I was like, wow, that could have been so much worse, you know, if it had been a different topic, a different subject. And so those are some of the ones that I just wanted to highlight uh, so that we could know that they are special circumstances. And so they are our, our loved ones and our brethren and sisterin that we have to uh, understand they have those challenges. But for the rest of us where that is not your issue in your case, let's get down to it. All right. So the first thing I want to say is the cure for oversharing is to take care of yourself before you leave home. Uh, I remember when I was going, you know, um, off to college and my mom and my grandmother were trying to stuff me with all this sage wisdom, things like when you are going to go out, make sure that you have a backup plan to get home. If something happens with your friends, and this was a big one, eat before you go out, because if you imbibe, you know, drink or whatever, you don't want that on a on a empty stomach and you never know what someone is trying to do and just different little tidbits of information. But one of the biggest ones that I liked that my mom and my grandmother uh, instilled in me was take care of your own ego needs before you go out. And what they meant by that was any excitement, like people love to go out when they've got good news. And usually they like to go out when the news is fresh to celebrate. And my mom was like, look, don't get caught up there bad because everybody is not cheering with you for your good news. And you're going to talk and tell the wrong person something and your good news is going to turn into your worst nightmare. And so I remembered that. I remember her telling telling me and us, my my siblings, you know, stroke your own ego. Tell yourself how great, how pretty, how smart, how efficient, how lovely, how worthy you are so that you get it so full that you don't need it from anyone else. And, you know, I thought everybody's mama talked to them like this. And I thought that this was just the way of the world until I got out there and I saw where even with my mother telling me that, I didn't always get it. And then 
I would actually see folks who I clearly knew their parents hadn't told them this because they were seeking validation externally from any and everyone they could get. And so I want to say this. One of the cures for oversharing is to get past your personal excitement before sharing it with others. Take all the time you need to, to celebrate yourself, love yourself. And uh, then after that excitement has dissipated to a manageable level, then you can share. And the reason why you want to do it like that is because you want to have as clear a head as possible to see who is worthy, who is vetted, who is qualified to know your business. My grandmother used to say all the time, your business get, get business gets out because you tell it. Well, nowadays with the internet and TMZ and others, that's not necessarily the case. But anyway, I, I, I digress. Uh, but understanding how to have your personal parties before you go out seeking public praise, is going to be real important. Something recently happened where there was an actor, I'll just say it, Terrence Howard. Uh, he was on the red carpet and it, it turned into a fiasco because he had just received some good information about some work he was working on that had nothing to do with his um, appearance. And he was talking and I want to I want to make sure I let you know this. The next thing is, is context of when to share. You got to know the context that you're in. And so he's at this red carpet event and they ask him a question about, you know, how's he doing or, or, or whatever. And then he just starts spouting out his excitement about this other project that has nothing to do with where he is. The people have no sense of context and thus he comes off as cuckoo. And uh, people start questioning his mental stability. Now, he's not crazy. And I actually did see some other um, interviews with him where he's doing some metaphysical things, doing some things with looking at alternative ways of uh, looking at energy production and a whole bunch of stuff. And when you see him in that context where people understand what is going to be spoken about, he is perfectly sane. But when we get too excited, we sometimes we lack impulse control because of the excitement. Sometimes we get clouded by the excitement of the context of where you are. It's kind of like going to the grocery store and when you get to the counter and the lady asks you, did you find everything? And you say, all I wanted to do was love him and he treated me badly. And that cashier is going to look at you like, huh, what? And it's going to become very uncomfortable very fast because it's out of context. You're letting your, um, your emotions, your high emotions drive you. You don't have a, a impulse control. You have not taken care of your ego at home. And thus you have a lack of boundaries sharing too much with the wrong people at the wrong time. And I want to make sure that I say this. Everybody is not on the same wavelength. And that is literally on the same wavelength. We are on frequencies. At any given time when we're even speaking, our voices are making tones and not just notes. If you were to plot out, uh, like there's this young man, uh, he uh, does memes where he turns what someone is saying into a song. And 
he will show people how he made it. And he'll be like, okay, well, this word right here is this chord. And you would think it would just be one note. But a lot of times we speak at the same time where we're using numerous notes to make the tone that is coming out, the sound quality that's coming out when we're having a conversation. And those are frequencies. Those are wavelengths. Those are vibrations. All of that stuff because we're energy beings. And so don't you think that if your very voice can send out different frequencies at the same time, that someone else counter to you could be doing the same. It's like trying to be on the same radio uh, frequency to get the same uh, radio station. It just does not work. And again, if you get it wrong, those people are not going to rejoice with you or weep with you because they don't understand what is going on. And that brings us to having this thing pausing, taking a beat. Uh, I did a podcast talking about how to be a great listener and not even, I mean, common sense told me this a long time ago when my grandmother was trying to help me with this, but now studies show that you can take a pause of up to four seconds before it gets weird to take time to think about what you're going to say and how you're going to respond. And it makes you a better listener in the eyes of, of people that you're having the conversation with. It keeps you from oversharing. It keeps you from over-talking someone, interrupting, and just being rude. And, and with that, it helps you to understand things like, is this the right context? Are we in the right proximity? And proximity not meaning just the right space, but the right level of our interaction. There are times when you are, we, let me own it, (laughs) we might share something with a colleague or acquaintance, and that should only be shared with a close confidant at best. Too many times. There have been times I've had egg on my face. I said something just off the cuff and didn't even realize I said it only to find out that the person I was talking to took it uh, to the other person and made it seem like I had a problem with them when I was making an observation. And I was like, you dirty rat bastard. You little gossip, you know. And it was just that it was my fault. Because I mistook the proximity of who they were to me. I was talking to an associate like they were a confidant. And so that's another cure for oversharing. Qualify people. Put a certain amount of persona guard up when you are talking to people to identify. I don't care if you have been talking to them for an hour Because, you know, that seems to be the sweet spot. You meet a stranger and you talking to them for an hour and you start telling them stuff you don't even tell your wife or your husband. Don't do that. Remember where you are in proximity to them. Remember the context of where you met. You're strangers on an airplane or standing in line or whatever. Now, I understand that that is just naturally going to happen. It happens to me quite a bit. but. I will say this too. I am by, I hate to say it by law, forced <laughs> to not betray people's confidences based on the nature of uh, my background, my history, and my, my, my work. Uh, 
and work ethic uh, and morals too. But not everybody is going to be constrained by that discipline. And so you have to understand that. You have to be willing to share appropriate things in appropriate places and under appropriate circumstances. There was a uh, funeral that happened recently of a comedian who uh, died just out of the blue. And they were asking another fellow comedian if uh, they attended. And they were like, no, I was working. I sent my, you know, my whatever, my condolences. But then they said something that was really insightful and wise. And they said, but you have to understand when someone dies in our, in our, they were talking about the entertainment industry. When someone dies in the entertainment industry, that is a bonanza of opportunities for a lot of people. They network there. They get gossip. They, they catch up with old friends like a reunion. They make deals. And um, then the comedian said, and then some of them just really kind of want to be seen and uh, do what they can to, to snatch back a little bit of fame, exposure, and, and PR. And I was like, wow, that is so true. And I was like, wow, maybe they shouldn't have said that because that kind of teeters into the oversharing because it was just a, a interview for the for the masses. Maybe that was something that the community didn't want everyone to know. And so that was my next thing. Like, hmm, was that appropriate to share that? You know, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. We'll soon see if if they get any backlash for that. And when I think about being very uh, open like that because I'm 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 one of those people so that's this is why I know this subject intimately I work on it all the time is that there is a certain amount of vulnerability you can have and there is a certain amount that's too much people love the vulnerable but not too much and it's a finicky fine line that you walk over when you're trying to negotiate how much to be open, how much to be truthful. You know, you can be accused of being blunt and rude and uh, or um, sappy and, and oversharing and TMI and all that kind of stuff when you're just, you know, living your truth. But this is the thing that has stuck with me over the years because I have gotten my hand burned every time I have disobeyed it. And that is that you need to make sure that you're using every kind of cure, trick, uh, insight, wisdom, smack that you can because most of the time your dreams and your passions get murdered by you. When you share too much with the wrong people, you kill your dreams before they're even strong enough to survive any kind of criticism, doubt, and ridicule. And that's the next thing that I want to cover in our last few minutes. Another cure for oversharing is to take that beat and think, would what I'm sharing be able to survive someone's deep scrutiny, counter criticism, doubts or lack of faith in me, or even their ridicule and scorn? If you can't answer that about the person you're sharing this with, Shut your mouth. Stop talking and keep it light because everybody is not made to go deep. There are some shallow people. And I'll say this, some of the very deepest people you'll know are not necessarily meant to go deep with you. 
So it's not about their capacity to have a deep conversation. It's about your capacity to have worked up to that level of friendship or interaction with them. One of the things that you will do well to remember is to qualify people. Dear Terrence Howard, he should have qualified that those people on the red carpet were going to end up ridiculing him, scorning him, laughing at him, trying to make a mockery of him. And they had the platform to do it because after the red carpet, it went viral. And then the same people made jokes on their morning show saying, I don't want to go viral. Not for this. Please don't let me go viral. And they were, it was pure mockery of a man with great talent, brilliant, genius mind. If you actually listen to him, And it was like, why would you cast your pearls before swine? That's a little Bible saying. But why would you give your best gems to the lower level vibrational creatures who cannot appreciate it? And because they cannot appreciate it and they are in the majority with the platforms to spew out their ignorance, their ridicule and their criticisms could cost you issues in in what you're trying to do. Not necessarily uh, issues by way of you continuing to get work, but no, just issues with the energy that it takes to keep going forward because of the, the taint that's on the people that you do need to reach, that you do want to work with because they're already being swayed by the reputation. And then that's the last thing with regards that I want to say about the cure for oversharing. If at all possible, consider your reputation. What are people going to say about you when you're not around? It's your character, your reputation. Is it at stake? And a lot of people don't realize that when you're so cavalier, with what you say, what you share, and if you share stuff that you're not supposed to be about other people's business, does that get you ostracized? Does that uh, put your reputation on the line? Because you, you, you probably know it takes a long time to build up your character and reputation in the eyes of people and only a news cycle to tear it down or one wrong sentence of an entire conversation to turn it off. Have you ever had that situation where you were talking with someone and y'all were making good headway? And one thing you said, their face turned up sour. They start looking around and now, oh, I got to go mingle and and, uh, make sure that I, I, I say hello to everyone. And never again do you get that opportunity. The next thing you know is either they or their clique or their tribe, they don't like you, they don't trust you, they don't want to know you, or they think you are vapid, or they think you are a gossip monger, or whatever it is. And it happens so quickly. And, you know, not for nothing, it's because you put your business out. Like my grandmother said, you were the one who murdered your dreams and your passions by not taking a beat to consider, qualify, look at, am I overstepping boundaries? Is this 
a loss of income, impulse control due to high emotions, whether good or bad? Am I in the right context? Do I have the right proximity of relationship with this person? Have I earned the right and have they earned the right for us to have this level of conversation with this subject matter? These are some of the things that it seems so simple, so common sense, but I'm going to tell you, when it comes to oversharing, common sense usually has left the table. No, not not even the table. They've left the room or the building because you just get diarrhea of the mouth and just keep sharing and sharing and sharing. And this is a sad thing that I experienced when I was younger of talking so much, thinking that the more I shared, the more people would have a chance to like me where I was doing the opposite. The more I shared, they were like, "Mm -mm, this is just too much. She talked too much. She's annoying. Um, She's too this, too that. And it, it just went badly for me. And so I'm reformed and I'm always reforming. I'm, I'm always trying to check this because it matters. Even though we might say, oh, I don't care about that. Um, these people don't make me or break me or whatever. Still, we are innately wired to be a part of somebody's tribe, team, collection, cult, culture, whatever you want to call it, because that is how we stayed alive in our hunter-gatherer days. The person who was alienated, ostracized, excommunicated, was left out in the dark and had a higher prop- propensity for death. And so you're fighting evolutionary biology when you do these types of things that cause you to be ostracized or you become anathema to the people, excommunicated. Uh, and, and, and so please listen to this and, and look at where you can shore up some things because we might be perfect in our own eyesight. But if you were to take a survey of those around you and they felt like this will never get back to them and I can just speak my unadulterated truth, you'd be surprised at what they say, even when you know this stuff and try to do it. Nobody is perfect. And I wish I could tell you that just by using these little cures, that you'll never have a misunderstanding of your motives, your intentions, and who you are as a person and your character, but at least they'll help to mitigate it and lessen it some. So guess what? Yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. So go out there and employ some of the cures for oversharing and see if you can start to make inroads on meeting some of the the goals that you want. And until tomorrow, check the show notes and thank you so much. I'll see you later. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. 
Bye.